You're listening to the Power of Video podcast, episode number 57. In this episode, you're going to learn the number one secret to make your podcast stand out in a crowded niche. Today's guest is a seven-figure entrepreneur and an expert at shifting perspective when it comes to your content. Here we go. What's going on, everyone? Thomas Jordan here for another episode, and today we are joined by the master of messaging himself, Brandon Lucero. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Now, we're just going to dive right into it. Now, I want to kind of talk about how you got into messaging because you did start with video, and that's kind of what this podcast is about, is about entrepreneurs and online business owners who are using video to build their brands and businesses, but I feel like people are just missing one small thing and uh what would that be <laughs> well usually it, it's messaging and i'm not just saying that because that's what i do um so let me kind of break it down for you is what happens is that most people you know like either start a business or they want to start a youtube channel or grow a following or something like that so they look at what everyone else is doing and they're like okay cool this person's doing like vlogs or this person's using video or this person's doing that you know whatever like they're on this platform or they're posting this many times a, a week the problem with that is that those are all surface level things. Those are all like the things you can see on the surface. What you don't see is beneath the surface. And so what you put into the video, what you're saying in the video, how you're saying it is ultimately going to be the thing that makes someone successful versus not successful. And so I can look at a hundred thousand people and, and maybe 10 of them are successful with vlogs. That doesn't mean that vlogging is the secret, right? Or you can see hundred thousand people using how-to content and 10 are successful. It doesn't mean that like, okay, cool. Those 10 are doing how-to, but that's the secret. No, it's how are they, or what are they saying and how are they saying it? How are they standing out? That's what messaging really is. It's, it's the communication that goes into content that ultimately makes it stand out. It creates demand for anything that you want to sell. It positions you as the authority. And to kind of break this down, when you look at like the best-selling books, like the books that are always at the top of the charts, they're not books that are, um, you know, like encyclopedias that are just filled with a bunch of information. They're written in a certain style. They're written in a certain way. So that when the reader reads the book, they go, oh my God, like I never thought of it that way, or I never realized that before. There's a writing style that happens to get someone to have those realizations. And ultimately that's what we help people do. But because we're here running businesses, we also show you how to create the content and the messaging, but also connect it to your offer so that you're blowing people's minds, you're getting traction, you're getting engagement, but you're also creating demand for what you say. And again, that all happens with communication or AKA your, your messaging. And do you think messaging uh, is overlooked these days when it comes to online businesses? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it totally is. And if you're a content creator or a business owner, you've been putting out content and you haven't focused on messaging. Well, that's a clear example because again, everyone looks at that surface level. Everyone looks at like, what are they doing? What is everyone telling me to do? That's all surface level stuff. And so what usually will happen is people are like, I want to build a following. I want to build a business. I need to put out content. Let me start teaching what it is I do. And so they start teaching what they do, what they do. But the focus there is on um, it, the, the focus there is on the solution. The focus there is like, here's what I do. Let me start communicating that. And the focus is also on content. It's like, what content do I do? Okay, I'm just going to do videos. So again, no one looks at the communication. And so they go and do all these things that they think they're supposed to do. 
then they don't see the results. Then they come back and go like, what's going on? And then they finally realize, okay, my messaging is off or my communication is off. And this isn't just in business. Like when we look at communication, just even in relationships, you look at communications, usually always the last thing that people focus on, like, and we're kind of getting off track, but like, no, if you it's go all to good. Couples, if you yeah, go, to go couples, ahead. Okay. If you go to like couples therapy, for example, half the time you're in there, you're probably going to be learning how to communicate better because communication is the last thing that people focus on, but it's the thing that brings clarity. It evokes emotion. It's the thing that um, creates demand, it creates desire. It, it's what you say and how you say it literally controls everything, not just in content, but like sales, relationships, friendships. It's, I mean, it's everything. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's usually, to go back to the original question. Yeah, it's, it's usually overlooked because everyone wants to speak from their perspective instead of figuring out how do we communicate a perspective that resonates with the audience and where they're at right now. And um, if people like, or just start like you and I are kind of in the, well, you have way more experience than I do, but for the people who are just starting online businesses, I'm curious, would you suggest them to learn about online business first, or would you suggest them to go and get kind of like their messaging down or like have a ballpark of what they want to talk about before they get into mess, uh, before they get into business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've never been asked that question before. I, if, if it were me, what I would do, like if let's just say I lost everything and I was going to start over again, the first thing I would do is focus on messaging. And the reason why is because if messaging is a thing that's going to fuel the audience, like it's going to bring the audience, it's going to convert the audience, it's going to turn the audience into sales. If I focus on all the business stuff first, like I focus on, okay, let me create the product. Let me you know, get my systems and processes in place. Let me do all this business stuff. None of that's going to be, I'm not going to have to worry about any of that stuff. If I don't have any sales coming in, if I don't have an audience. So what I always say is let's start at step number one, which is like getting the audience, getting clear in the message. Let's create demand. Then what we're doing is when we have that demand, when we have the audience, when they want to buy something from us and we don't have anything to sell them yet, that's a good problem to have. So let's focus on creating good problems, not bad problems. A bad problem would be, hey, I spent three months, six months creating this program, these systems, the process, I hired a VA, and now I have no sales. That's a bad problem. So I always say when we focus on messaging first, it allows us to start creating really good problems. But the thing is, is with messaging, it's also not one of these things where it's just you do it once and you're done forever. It's something that's constantly evolving and 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 moving and improving and getting stronger. So I always say this, the sooner you get that up, the better. And you've been in online business over 10 years. How has your messaging evolved in your business? Yeah, great question. So I never, well, part of the reason why I know this is so important is because I never focused on it. And so 10 years ago, I was selling real estate videos to real estate agents, like just doing videos for real estate agents. And um, that evolved to doing it for local businesses. And I did pretty well with that. Like I was making videos for local businesses and doing all that stuff and selling it and SEOing it and ranking their videos. And then I started teaching it and selling it as a course and a program, teaching other people how to do that. And it went pretty well. And then I started realizing how important my copy was and certain things like that. And then I started to realize that a lot of my content was blending in. So what, my, what happened with my evolution was creating local videos, created a product on selling local videos to local businesses. 
I had a course-based business selling it and also doing it as a service. And that also led me to teaching YouTube and then teaching Facebook ads. And I was focused on a lot of like how-to content. I built up a YouTube channel of like 33,000 subscribers, I think. And I was pretty well known for like my YouTube teachings and like how to grow a channel and a lot of that stuff. But then what started to happen was more and more competitors started coming in. And so if I did a video titled how to rank videos, I wasn't one of three people anymore. I was like one of a hundred. And then now it's even, it's even more. So what starts to happen is now I'm competing and competing and competing. But the problem is, is that when someone's searching or Googling or sees a video come up and they're looking to try to figure out how to rank videos, and I'm one of a thousand, I started to realize there's no way for them to, to tell if I'm different than somebody else. Um, maybe I can get creative with the thumbnail and all that stuff's important, but I started to realize, well, if I can change the name of the title, like how to rank videos without, and then I put a pain point in there, like how to rank videos without spending eight hours a day or something like that. I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. Now my title's a little bit more unique, but then I went to the, the, the content. I'm like, well, how do I teach something differently? I, I don't know. Like I'm just giving the same steps as everybody else. And then I started to realize, well, what if I started to discover new ways of doing things? What if I discovered a new way to rank videos or a new tip or a new tactic that no one else discovered? And I started to realize when you discover new things that no one has discovered, you get to teach things that no one has taught before. And so I was like, wow, this is really, this is really interesting. So now I'm, my titles are different. Now my content's a little bit different. Now I'm unique. I'm kind of a thought leader. And then that led me to this path of like, wait a minute, this is like the way we talk, the way we communicate is everything. And I just kind of led me down this path of eventually evolving to just teaching messaging. And I stopped teaching YouTube. I stopped teaching Facebook ads. I wasn't really passionate about it anymore. And I just got this huge passion for communication. How do we create content that gets eyeballs? How do we get people to stay on our content? How do we create demand? And you start seeing people like Gary Vaynerchuk pop up, um, Mel Robbins, David Goggins, uh, Grant Cardone, whether you agree with their message or not, you start looking at what they're doing. And I'm like, wow, they're like, they're not focusing on tutorials and step-by-step content, although that stuff can help and it's great and we need it. Like they're doing something else. Like they're really kind of just leaning into their, who they are, their beliefs, what their, what their perspectives are. They're also shifting people's perspectives from a perspective that was hurting someone, but now is bringing like, they're helping ending that suffering. They're giving people a fresh look on, on certain things. And I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So I started diving into that. I started reading more books. Like how did the author get me to agree with their point. I didn't even like realize that was happening, but I was reading this book. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I agree with them. Like, what did they do? How did they do that? And then how do we put all this together into content for like the online course creator or the online business owner? How can we start changing our communications, changing our titles, even changing the styles of content we're doing to stand out, build an audience and create demand. So it was just kind of this like four year journey, maybe three, three or four year journey of just kind of being curious and uncovering and testing and tweaking. And then now we've built out a full-on philosophy of how we should be communicating, how we should be creating content in today's day and age, because there's so many online business owners now that if we don't do this, you're just going to blend in with everyone else. Yeah. And I like what you say about evolution because, you know, it's just, it's kind of the famous quote that we hear from James Wedmore is what get what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. But to kind of piggy, piggyback off the evolution question, it's like, I know... You, like you said, you were teaching video and everything like that. And then, 
you know, it took a while for you to get to the messaging part, but you know, you put so much time and effort into these videos and trying to build a list. Like there's just so many moving pieces and then to realize that you hate it and then want to evolve and shift to messaging and then starting over. I think a lot of people, if they haven't got there yet, they'll definitely get to this point. But how did you like, how did it hit you when you had to start over again, like from yeah. scratch? Yeah. So, um, it was the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018 and our business just did about $500,000 in revenue. And on paper, you're like, cool. Yeah, we made it. That's what I've been working towards. But it wasn't, it wasn't as great as it sounds. Um, basically, I had a business partner at the time. So a lot of the money also went to the business partner. Um, and then with my living expenses and taxes, like I really had nothing left over. Like I, I was supporting my family. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. And so we didn't really have a savings or anything like that. And I just realized, I'm like, I, I don't like teaching this anymore. I don't like answering questions about like, titles on, on YouTube videos or like how to upload a, a Facebook ad. I'm like, I just don't enjoy this. I was resenting the questions that the students would ask inside the Facebook group. And I'm like, man, these are people that are paying me money and I'm resenting them. Like, that's not a great mm -hmm. position to be in. And I just realized I don't like those anymore. And so I just stopped all of it. I stopped selling it. I stopped doing it. I stopped promoting it. And, um, the problem was, is like, I still had the expenses of a $500,000 a year business. And then I had taxes due because it was right at the beginning of the year. And within three months, I was $40,000 in debt. Mm. And I was just like, what? Like WTF, what am I going to do? And I was suffering because I was just like, you know, the burden of that. Like, I, I didn't even tell my wife. She didn't know. And I'm um, like, I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of this. And I just kind of sat in silence. And so... I, this is one of the things I tell our students is sometimes the best ideas and messaging hit us in the silence. Like when we're on a walk or a hike or mountain biking or in the shower or when we're journaling. And basically what the silence means is we shut off the thinking mind and we just allow, um, you, you can call it flow state. You can call it whatever you want. I call it the universe it just gives us these ideas. And I had this idea of like, okay, here's, here's what you should do. And it was this um, philosophy that I created called the video 4 X effect. And it was about messaging and content together. And within nine months, we had done a million dollars in sales. So there was a couple of things that had to happen. Number one, I had to completely reframe the debt in my head. Like I was so worried I was going to lose the house and all of this stuff and like lose our cars. And I just realized one day, like, you know what? People go in debt every single day. When they buy a car, they buy a house, they go to school, like they're in debt. How is this any different? You know, some people leave school, like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. You yeah. only have 40. All you have to do is just make the minimum payments and nothing's going to happen to you. And as soon as I had that realization, I was able to shift myself. I was able to shift who I was and how I showed up and the actions I took. Like there was no more fear in anything. I was just optimistic. I was positive. I had this idea of the video 4X effect. And I went for it and it was something that truly made me happy. It was like, like solving a really big problem that people didn't even realize they had. And we did really well with it. And, you know, it evolved into what it is today. Um, but yeah, that was kind of that transition from, you know, the YouTube to, to what we do today. And sometimes you have to do that. Like some, like what you're doing now won't be what you're doing in the future. It just won't be like, there's evolution that has to happen. Um, so I always tell people like, 
what you're doing now won't be what you do in the future, but you have to get started in order to get there. Like you have no idea what's going to be coming. And, and most people just never take that first step and you just have to go and do it. And so that's what I did. And it led us to where we are today. I'm so, and to be honest, I'm surprised you're not going gray after all that stress because like, I don't know, I don't, you know, and I guess it just depends what people's relationship with money is and being $40,000 in debt is like easy to say. And some people are just like, uh, but it's like, once the burdens on you, you're, I'm sure it's, I can't imagine how heavy it is. And plus, and I didn't find out till recently uh, until you released that one podcast with you and your wife that you didn't tell her. So mm. now being in debt hiding from your, you know, I wouldn't say, hi, well, it was not, hiding, oh, it did. yeah. Oh, omitting information <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, yeah, you got that idea, but it's like, what, I mean, were those sleepless nights too? Because didn't you have to go into more debt? Because even though you yeah. were $40,000 down, like you had the video 4X effect idea, which is great. And you knew exactly what to do, but to like run ads again, does that mean you've got to like, you got to feed the machine. So it's like right. that meters cranking up and just even talking about it just like makes me want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, it was. So it was, it was, it was hard. And, um, I didn't tell her and there's a couple of reasons why I didn't tell her. Number one is I just knew, like, I just, I don't know. I just known as like, just a little kid. I'm this, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to be successful. And so in my heart, I knew that we were going to get out of it. I would pull myself out of it. Like, here's the thing. I, I already built a $500,000 business. Like it wasn't like I was coming in brand new with no experience. And yeah. so I knew I'm like, okay, I know how to sell products. I know how to do this. I just need to find a new one. And then like, hopefully it'll work. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like that was the big, a big, that was like kind of walking off the cliff and hoping the net appears. I'm like, if this idea is good, I, I know how to make it work, but you're right. There was... Um, a lot of expenses. I had an office at the time. So I had an office. I had my home rent. Um, I may have had one client at the time paying a couple thousand dollars a month, but that was not enough to pay the bills at all. Um, and I also knew I had to hire someone. So I had to hire an integrator, someone to handle the operations because I was like working every day. And that was another reason why I wanted to just burn everything to the ground is because this wasn't what I signed up for. Like I signed up to like have more freedom time and money wise. And I didn't have either one. And so, um, I knew I needed an integrator. And so I ended up hiring Taylor who's still with me today to hire, uh, to handle the operations. And I had her salary, I had the rent. And then like you said, Facebook ads on top of that. So I had to go further I had to go further into debt and I had no savings. And so luckily, like I had um, uh, a, a great credit card with a high limit and I just put everything on there and we just got to selling and I had a list. I did have an audience. And so um, the selling came in and it happened quick. We started selling a service, a, a high ticket service, a coaching program and a course all at the same time. And that was a lot. I sh we shouldn't have done that. Um, cause I started working even more now, but the nice thing is, is the money was coming in. So our service was like five to 10 grand a month. Our coaching program was supposed to be $10,000, but if anyone tried to negotiate with me, I'm like, yep, let's, that's fine. <laughs> so there's someone, I heard one person's Sold. like, yeah, one person's like, can I pay six and I'm 6,000? And I'm like, mm, I guess, yeah, don't tell anyone, but that's fine. And in my yeah. mind, I'm like, 
yeah, $6,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just keep this secret. You are the only one if this gets out. I mean, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I, I started to pay off the debt. And so we started to like, I think the, you know, the first like 40 days we had done like maybe $35,000 in sales. And so um, that went to paying off debt that went to like building a little bit of savings that went to fulfillment. Like that 35 K was already gone. Like the second it came in, but it started to lower the debt. And then, um, you know, I, I don't remember the exact revenue numbers, but it was like 35,000 and like 40,000 and like 50. And then we did like a $400,000 launch, um, like nine months after that. And ever since then, it's just been steadily going up. Yeah. And how did it feel to kind of hit that home run where it's like, I mean, you knew you were, you knew you were down, but then your offer finally worked. You were passionate about what you were doing. And then you had that flow of like income coming in that had to, I mean, just that weight taking off your shoulders feeling, but what, how did you feel when that finally just, just went? I mean, it was a big sense of relief. Like it felt, it felt really good. Um, but there, it, it, I'll tell you one part, it, it, it didn't last that long. Mm. Um, and there, there was actually a period where it was like, shoot, is everything going to blow up? And I don't think I've really talked about this very much, but it, it was, it was like a high, it was like, I'd come home and I was like, almost need to reground myself because we had so many clients coming in and so many people like wanting what we were selling. And there was a point where it became too much. And like, I was, I, and I got into like arrogance too. I was like kind of egotistical and arrogant because you saw success really fast, but then it, there was like a year and a half into it. It all started to like come undone. And so some of the things that had like our launches started getting a little bit smaller. Mm. And then a lot of people were leaving our service. And I was like, what the heck? Like we're fulfilling on the service. But what I started to realize is that the idea of what we were offering to people sounded great. But then when they got in, they were like, I don't, they're not really seeing the value anywhere. And so we started, we had this like constant turn and burn. It was like new people coming in, new people going out. And it was like, man, what is going on? And when you have an agency, like most of the hard work is done in the first three months. Cause it's like onboarding and getting them set up and like doing the initial round of stuff. And then, then they, after the hard work was done, they would, they would leave or they would cancel. And I'm just like, what's going on? So we, we brought in. Um, Matt Johnson, who was a student of my, one of my earlier programs who ran an agency. And he basically looked at this and he goes, here's the problem with the agency. The agency doesn't have a clear objective. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, people like the idea of what you're selling, but you have, they don't know what they're actually buying. And so when they get in, there's no way for you to prove the value to them. I'm like, I don't get it. And he goes, well, basically you have two options. Are, is the objective to drive them an ROI? Or is the objective going to be a fulfillment house? And I was like, still don't get it. <laughs> he's like, he's like, <laughs> you're he's just like, like okay. uh-huh. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, okay, you're creating all this content messaging for people, but you're also telling them they're going to get an ROI. Are you measuring ROI? I'm like, no. And he's like, okay. So if they think they're coming in to get an ROI and you're not measuring or showing them they're getting an ROI, of course they're quitting. I was like, okay, got that. And he's like, so let's go to the fulfillment house. And he goes, if you're, if they're paying $5,000 a month for posting for 30, 40 videos being created, scripting and running of ads, like through play, 
and that's all they're paying. They just want you to fulfill on those things. Then you can look them in the eyes and go like, cool, you paid me five grand. I delivered on those. So are you giving them deliverables? Like, are you basically going to be like their fulfillment house, their production house, their content house, or are you going to be an ROI driven thing? And I was like, got it. Okay. That makes sense. We didn't do either one of those. So we decided to move it to ROI focused. And then once we made that shift, we just had, we had clients staying on for, for years because now it's like, cool, you paid us this, you made this. And I was like, why would they ever cancel if we're making them more money? So then our launches started getting a little bit better because, you know, I finally snapped out of the arrogance and the ego and, and we started just evolving what we were doing. That was the other problem is like, we took off really fast and then we kind of plateaued and went downhill because we kept saying the same thing, doing the mm. same thing. And I was like, okay, I need to evolve this to something else. So, so to answer your question, it was amazing, but then it was like, ah, crap, because you know, when things started to plateau and come down, I was like, man, am I just going to go back to where I was before? Like, Ugh. am I going to go back into debt? Like now, now it's even worse because now I have like $30,000 a month in payroll. Now I have all these other expenses and like, man, cause this can come crashing down even more. And then obviously like I was able to snap myself out of it. And ever since that moment, we've just been able to grow because we just keep evolving what we're, what we're doing. Yeah. Because now you, cause you stopped doing the agency. Right. Like, and I think a lot of people don't realize because you see all this money coming in and you're great, but then it's like, now you're like, yeah, I did it. But then it's like, wait a minute, I got to fulfill on all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, you said a lot of people start businesses so they can work less and make more. But right. when you're like, when you've got all these moving pieces, it, uh, you're, you're literally just a slave to your own business. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. And, you know, that kind of goes back to the original thing we, we, we said in the beginning, which was where do you focus first messaging or like the business stuff? Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example is I focus on messaging first. We grew really fast and we brought on a bunch of clients, had the money, but you're right. We ran into those problems of being trapped by the business. And I was, I was still trapped in there. I was writing all the scripts myself and then we had to start to systemize things. So we ended up hiring Matt and coming into running the agency and doing all that stuff. And I, I think it was 2019, 2020, somewhere in there. Um, so a mm -hmm. year or two ago, decided to get rid of the agency. And it was kind of, it was a hard decision because we had systemized it. It was still a lot of work, um, but I wasn't involved in it anymore. And Matt was running it and he had a team of people running it underneath him. And it was doing about $600,000 a year. And mm -hmm. I think um, just the agency side and then our our business total revenue, I, I believe for 2020 was uh, 2.1 million and 600,000 of that was from the agency. And it was just on autopilot. It was just like every month, like 50 grand, 50 grand, 50 grand from, from this agency. So it was, it was awesome. But the problem is, is no one enjoyed it. And so for me, I don't want something that's just going to make money. If, my, if I don't enjoy it, my team doesn't enjoy it. It just, we, we should be doing stuff that we enjoy. And so what we decided to do in 2001, uh, so this last year was to kill the agency and everyone on the team, like, let's just go all in on your brand. Like, let's get rid of the agency. Let's get rid of like this sold video brand that we have. Let's go all in on the brand and Lucero brand. And that's where everyone wanted to go. Like that's what Taylor wanted to work on. That's what Matt wanted to work on everyone. No one wanted to work on this agency thing anymore. So we had done um, 2.1, 600,000 was the agency, which means 1.5 was from our brand stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, 
let's go all in. Now, had I just done 1.5 million again in 2021, I would have been in debt. Like we would have lost money because our expenses were so high. So I'm like, this has to work. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> here we go do. again. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here we, yeah, exactly. It was like, here we go again. And then we launched our product and I spent $250,000 on ads. And I was like, if this doesn't work, we're, we're totally screwed because I have all of these expenses and this is, this launch is going to be our revenue. I, we've got rid of all of our clients. I have nothing to fall back on. And uh, so we went into the launch and we launched in March of 2021 and we ended up doing $1.6 million um, on that launch, on that launch. And so I ended up getting my ads been back. I ended up paying the taxes that I had for that year. I ended up paying all of our, we had some affiliates, affiliates. And then we had just a little bit left over, not a lot, um, but we had a little bit left over, which was great because um, I needed it. But then we also had a ton of reoccurring revenue because people on payment plans and stuff like that. And we ended up doing um, 2.4, 2.5 million in 2021. And that's without the agency. So we ended up adding an extra million dollars on top of what we did the year prior when it was our own products and stuff like that. And then now we're heading into, you know, a launch again, but, but yeah, it was, it was tough. It's been a constant journey of just walking off the cliff and hoping the net appears. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of what you're doing are some big risks. I mean, to click that, but I mean, I'm just referencing money, but to like, click that button for Facebook ads for a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> and then, you know, you've got payroll and all these expenses. It's just like your why and why you do this has to be uh, really important. Yeah, it is. Th it is. That's the only thing that drives you. That's one of the things we talk about with messaging with our students is like, you got to find that deeper purpose because it, it makes it so easy to get up in the morning and go do what you're going to do. But I will say I'm also very grateful for that experience of being $40,000 in debt because being in debt doesn't scare me anymore. Like I have no problem. Like if we have, if I would have lost that $250,000, I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're now we're $250,000 in debt. Like let's figure out how to get out of it. And I would have been totally fine. And worst case scenario, I could always file bankruptcy and, and restart again. Like that, that doesn't scare me anymore. Like that stuff doesn't scare me. And I think that's part of the thing as a business owner is you have to look at what you're actually afraid of. And then you have to remove that fear. And so when I was $40,000 in debt, that's what I did. I looked at like, okay, what are you actually afraid of happening? I'm like, okay, I'm afraid of being in debt because I'm afraid of having to move back in with my in-laws. I'm afraid of losing my car. I'm afraid of like the shame and the guilt of like telling my wife, hey, we got to do this. And then I slowly went through that. I'm like, okay, cool. You have got to move back in with your in-laws. So what? you still have a house over your head. You, you don't have rent. Like you should be grateful. That's even an option. Cause some people don't even have that as an option. And I said, you're going to lose your car. I'm like, so what you like riding your bike anyways, just <laughs> ride, ride your bike around. Like you work from home. Where do you even have to go? Yeah. Um, and then, and then uh, the, the last part was the shame of like, you know, and guilt of like telling my wife and, and I, that one was actually the hardest one. And my biggest fear was that my wife would leave me. And I was like, she's not going to leave you. And then if she is going to leave you because of this, then is that really the person you would want to be with anyways? Like you'd want to be with someone who's going to be with you through the, the thick and the thin. And she, she has been. And so I'm like, none of that's going to happen. And I ended up, ended up telling her 
And she's like, I wish you would have told me sooner so that I could help you with all of this. And I was like, that's why that's, that's my wife. Like that is, that's my person. And so I removed all those fears. And once you remove all those fears, you become unstoppable. So when I went in to spend $250,000, I had to like bring myself through all that again. And the thing is, is I, I had money saved. I don't remember how much, but let's just call it 300,000. Like we had that in, in the bank. Um, so I knew that like, had I lost the 250, I could still technically pay it off. But the thing is, is I use debt. I, I never go and spend my own money on ads. Number one, cause I want the credit card points. But mm-hmm. number two is if something doesn't work out, I can just pay it off over time. I'm, I, I, I can still keep the business running with the money I had in savings and then slowly like rebuild, maybe do another launch, another offer, figure something else out. And then I would have slowly paid it off over time. And so I just kind of removed all that fear and then once we remove the fear, we can show up to be who we need to be in order to have the results we want. And so I think that's the thing people never do is they know they're afraid, but they never get granular or specific on what they're afraid of and then like reframe those fears so that they can remove them out of their life. Yeah. And I think, I mean, your self-awareness is just on a whole different level. And I honestly believe that a lot of a lot of people who are just starting out just may be a little naive or they yeah. that might be a huge problem is they just don't know and it's so easy for you to say you know well you like you kind of know these things but that was one thing that i enjoyed about your courses like you teach people how to actually do it and how right. to get and how to get there so uh yeah yeah i mean and that's and when it comes to messaging too that's also a big thing so when when we talk about like the messaging people are like, okay, cool. I want to like learn messaging from you. And what do I do? And what do I need to say? And it's like, cool, I can give you the frameworks and the language patterns, but still, if you're not going to have that level of self-awareness or get down to the deep core of what you want to do and what you want to say, it, it doesn't really matter. And so fear shows up even in content. So fear shows up in messaging. People are like, here's what I want to say, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the haters. I'm afraid people aren't going to like it. I'm afraid I'm going to get rejected. I'm afraid of this and that. And it's like, cool, I can help you like with language patterns all day long. But if you're not going to show up and say what you want to say and do what you want to do, then it's not going to do you any good. And when we look at the most successful people, the Gary Vaynerchuk's, the Mel Robbins, the Grant Cardone's, whether you agree with their message or not, it is their message and they are showing up for their message. And then they know that they will be the light that attracts everyone. So they're showing up powerfully. They're showing up um, maybe with fear, but they're being courageous about it. They, they might have fear, but they're doing it anyways. And that message and that energy that they put out there is what attracts everyone. And so I always say there's two sides to everything. We want to learn what to say and who we are and remember who we are and embrace that. And then we need to learn how to say it. So it lands effectively, but yeah, all of this stuff is like, is necessary for running a business, but also for having really powerful messaging. They go hand in hand. Yeah. And what's your deeper purpose? Um, mine is to sh- shift the world for the next generation. And so I, I just believe that the way society has been running currently and for the last 10 years is so outdated and things are moving so fast right now that people still keep trying to operate with the old way and that's not going to work. But worse, what they're doing is they're trying to indoctrinate the old way down onto our kids. And it's like, look, the way that we were brought up, it's not going to be the same. 
you know, like there's already, there's jobs are already being replaced by machines and AI and software um, schools and like college is all the way college is done right now is already becoming outdated. Like, I don't think kids are going to want to come out of school 50 to hundred thousand dollars in debt to get a degree that doesn't actually help them get a job anymore. The, also the way that people are making money now has completely shifted. You see people making money with YouTube channels. You see people making money on social media. You see people starting businesses, online businesses. You just see it all around you. You see people making money with Uber and Airbnb, like there's just so many ways to make money right now that I think moving forward at that part's going to grow. And I, I, what I do and my deeper purpose is to show people like you and to show people like other business owners, how do we create content that shifts people's perspective from the old way into a new and better way. And I know that when I work with thousands and thousands of people who are disrupting their space, creating powerful messaging, it will carve and create a better world for, for the next generation. And really that's, that's what I do. Like I'm doing it for, for my kids and, and the kids coming up. Yeah. And we keep talking about communication and I know there's a few, and you can give the examples to her a few way, few different ways to communicate their message once they nail it. And I know you teach that as well. Uh, what would you say one of your examples of like a, uh, a unique way to communicate something would be? Yeah, I use, uh, there's a couple of different ways, like you said, but the number one that I love is, is thought reversal and thought reversal is one of the tools we use to kind of shed the old ways of doing things. And so it's, it's, it, it starts off like this. Um, well, first of all, you have to identify what is outdated inside of your space. Like what do people believe is the right way or the best way to do something, but is actually causing a problem. So for me, I look at this and I go like, okay, this idea that how to an educational content is the only way to add value. And it's what you should be doing hundred percent of the time to build an audience. I'm like, that's, that's just outdated. It doesn't work anymore because there's so many people doing it. So you have one video titled how to lose 10 pounds in your weight loss coach. And there's a hundred thousand videos titled how to lose 10 pounds. Like it doesn't work anymore, but people keep doing it. So I've identified that. So what you need to do is identify one of those inside of your space. And it might take time, but the more you do it, the more you look around, the more things will become obvious to you. And then what you're going to do is you're going to create a piece of content that goes uh, the opposite of what people believe to be true. So for me, I would title it, is how-to content really the best way to add value? Question mark. Or how-to content is the worst way to build a business online. And just like it's a big, bold statement. The idea is, is you want to do something that's a little polarizing or raises curiosity because it gets eyeballs on you right? So that's the first step is like, let's be different. Let's say something differently, but let's title things differently. So we get eyeballs on us. Then we have to focus on, well, how do we keep the eyeballs on us? What is the communication once they're on the video? So there's five steps. Step number one is just reiterate the title. How-to content is not the best way to build a business online. Be very polarizing and blunt with it. But step number two is to live in compassion. You have to understand you're attacking someone's reality. You're attacking someone's belief. So have some compassion because that's that's tough for people to hear. So I would say something like, look, I understand it. I get it. Everyone out there is telling you to do a ton of how-to content to build a business online. So I understand why you believe that to be true. I get it. Then we want to move to the discredit. And this one's really important because you have to discredit the original belief. So one of the ways to do this is to look for a counter example. So someone who's doing the opposite of what they believe to be true, but is still getting the results they want. So I would say something like, let's look at Gary Vaynerchuk. He's grown faster than anyone has and probably ever will. 
and he doesn't do how-to content or tutorial-based content. He's doing something else. Now, in those three steps, if you do them correctly, your audience should be like, oh my God, I never realized that before. Or like, holy crap, like Gary doesn't do that. I never realized that before. And so what we're doing is we're shifting their perspective. We're getting them to see something differently. Now, once you're able to do that, then you can move into the solution. So what does Gary Vaynerchuk do? Well, he focuses on thought reversals and polarizing content. How do you do that? Well, let me show you. And then we move on to the next step, which is just teaching them what to do. And then we move on to the last step, which is the uh, make them choose and give a call to action. So you say, okay, so do you guys want to continue doing all how-to content and focusing in, on that and staying stuck like you have been? Or do you want to learn thought reversals and do the thing that Gary Vaynerchuk is doing? If so, click the link below, opt in for our training, and we're going to show you how to do it or whatever the call to action is. And that's what a thought reversal is. It's like a five-step process that takes um, an idea or a thought that's actually causing a, a problem in someone's life that they're unaware of, making them aware of it, discrediting the belief, and then giving them a new solution. This allows us to stand out. It positions us as a thought leader. And now we're saying something completely different than everyone else. And we're not following the same path that everyone is following that leads most people to being unheard. Yeah. And you teaching this is just, I mean, you can teach if somebody even wanted to rewind and they're like, okay, I, I see what he's saying. I'm going to try this out. How, how important in business, whether it's messaging or whatever is to have somebody like yourself or somebody else to uh, have a mentor to kind of guide them, give them the structure, hold their hand a little bit versus, you know what? I don't need another online course or I'm going to figure this out on YouTube myself. Yeah. Uh, I would say it is possible to do that. It is possible to like figure it out. It is possible to read the books and ask, what are they doing? It is possible to look at Gary Vaynerchuk and look at the psychology of what he's using. It's that's possible because that's what I did. And so for four years ago, that's what my journey was. And for the last four years, I've done exactly that. And, and I've worked with thousands of students, which allow me to still uh, improve and make realizations and things like that. And honestly, it's like some of the biggest changes we've in discoveries we've made is through working with our students and them trying things. So it's possible. Like if you want to spend four years doing that and you want to work with thousands of students to do that, look, it's possible. It's just a matter of how fast do you want to learn it? And so for most people, they want to learn it a little quicker than slower. And so having a mentor or like even just listening to our podcast and stuff like that will drastically speed up. Like, look, you're, you have a skill set, you have a business, you have something that you want to sell. Messaging is my business. And it still took me four years to do it. Like you shouldn't, you should just focus on your skill set, see the best at what you're doing. And then just let someone like me come in and help you. Like there's so many free resources out there that we offer and things like that. But the other big problem of this is like, even when I give you the framework to tell you what to do, there's still another side where you're implementing it and you're still might be saying the wrong thing. Cause there's a realization you haven't seen yet that an outside perspective can help you see. And that is game changing. That's really why you need that extra perspective or coach or mentor or help to come in and, and help you with all of this stuff. And dude, I could keep talking to you about this forever, but uh, just to wrap it up real quick, um, that being said, as a mentor, what would you say if somebody was kind of like on the fence with you and wanted to work with you, what would be the number one 
piece of it, uh, piece of business advice for them? Well, I would say the biggest thing that stopped me from being successful in the first like four or five years is avoiding mentors. And here's the thing is like messaging at the end of the day is your communication. And if you can't communicate what it is you do and why someone needs it, you're not going to be successful in business. You just aren't going to be because you need that in order to make sales. Any successful person will tell you that. The thing is, is in order to nail that, you need a mentor. And look, that mentor doesn't need to be me. And if you don't want that person to be me, like there's other people that can teach you messaging, but when choosing a mentor, you want to choose someone that has the experience and mastery over the craft. And I know we've done this for so many years that if you truly want someone who understands this on one of the deepest levels possible, that would be us. But at the end of the day, like if you just don't like me for whatever reason or whatever, that's fine. You don't need to like listen to what I'm saying, but you do need a mentor in order to get there. And you do need to fix your communication. And so if that is you, um, I would say definitely look us up, follow us and all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, don't make the mistake I did of avoiding mentors for like the first four or five years. It like, as soon as I got mentors, it shifted everything. And I continue to have them today. Like I still have mentors and guides and people helping me and outside perspectives and colleagues looking over all of my stuff because you're not going to be able to do this alone. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I made for the first four years is thinking I could do this all alone. It's impossible. Yeah. Awesome, man. And uh, where, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at our podcast, the new generation entrepreneur podcast. Um, you can also look us up on Instagram at I am Brandon Lucero.com. And yeah, those are the best places to go. And uh, you've got some free training going on right now. What do you what do you got for us? Yeah, so we actually have a three day live experience coming up, and it's completely free. So if you want to learn that message, and you're like, "Cool, I like what this Brandon guy is saying. I do need a mentor. I want someone to kind of like guide me through this." Well, this is a great first place to start because day one, what we're going to do is actually uncover a lot of the mistakes you're making right now with messaging and content. And you might not even realize that these are mistakes and causing problems, but we're going to go through like, here's the things to stop doing today in order to see results. Now from that alone, you probably will see an increase in engagement and traction inside of your business. But number two, day number two, we're going to dive into the messaging. How do we start to communicate? What should you be doing? What should you be saying? And then day three is like, okay, now that we understand our messaging, how do we turn it into content? And so how do we get, put it into a vehicle to get that gets traction and gets engagement, builds demand, all of that stuff. And so by the end of these three days, you should have a very clear path on what your message is going to be and then what content you should be using in order to get it out there. And um, yeah, that's, that's coming up on February 24th is day number one. And then uh, in between each day, we'll have a couple day break. And so within a week, you should have all three days done and delivered to you. Awesome, man. And yeah, like I said, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have all his links down below. And if you're listening to it, it'll be in the show notes as well. Brandon, thank you so much for your time, man. Dude, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.